the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. Larry Rosenthal is a registered representative offering securities and advisory services through Satara Advisory Networks, LLC, a broker, dealer, and registered investment advisor. Member FINRA slash SIPC. Satara is under separate ownership from Rosenthal Wealth Management Group. Rosenthal Wealth Management Group is located at 9265 Corporate Circle in Manassas, Virginia, and can be reached at 703-330-3100. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is, Larry Rosenthal himself. How are you, sir? I'm well, Chris. How are you today? I'm doing very well. Broadcasting live on LarryRosenthal.tv and Coast to Coast on Sirius XM, as well as in the D.C. area right now on WAVA. So welcome, everybody. Glad to have you here. Good morning, Chris. And how, how's, uh, you know, well, I guess we already did that, right? We already did that. <laughs> you took my line, I, didn't I you? just went to see what it would do uh, to you. I kind of threw I you know. off a little bit there, didn't I? You did. You did. <laughs> now i got to pay. I see. Now now it's Larry's got to pay attention, right? Yeah. We're on. Well, good morning, everyone, and okay. welcome to Making Money Sense. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We always like to start the show off with, you know, what happened in the markets this past week and, and take a look at the economy and any pertinent information that may be going on so that you could better understand your investments, the economy, and what's happening with your money, college funding, retirement planning, estate planning, whatever it may be. You know, well, this past month, the S&P is on track for its sixth consecutive positive month. That's good news, right? That's very, very good news, uh, you know, as far as all that goes, as far as performance and things like that goes. So we had some some interesting things happening this, this week in, in the, in the uh, markets as far as performance. We're going to get into that. And but first of all, you know who carries the biggest hammer? The Fed does, without a doubt. And the Fed. I thought you did. Is, I no, it's the Fed. There you go. And 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 the Fed is holding steady right now with its you know despite concerns of inflation. You know, this past week Jerome Powell was talking about yeah we see inflation. It's a little bit so it's got a little bit more bite to it, a little bit more sharper teeth than we had hoped for at this particular point of the rebound and the recovery and the expansion. But at the same time. It's going to be transitory. We're not too concerned about it. We're going to remain easy as far as our policy goes. In other words, very accommodative to having easy monetary policy to keep the gears of the economy greased, if you will, to keep things flowing. They said they're not at their targeted levels of, uh, of employment yet, of wages. They're not at their uh, targeted levels as far as uh, inflationary pressures go. And so, you know, you, you take a look at it and you got to listen to it. And they're going to let this thing run hot for a while. And, and, and it's not too hot right now. And so that got kind of walked 
washed away in, in the conversation this past week. The markets just looked right past it, and people are getting getting uh, comfortable, I should say. They're getting comfortable with, yes, we do have higher prices at the pump and in the grocery store and pretty much all around right now, but everybody is pretty f- confident or comfortable that it's going to mitigate its way down uh, towards the end of next year. You know, they're talking about 3.4 peaking inflation numbers this year and then dropping down towards 2.1 towards the end of next year. And if that's the case, could have a very soft landing and a continuation of economic expansion and markets rising. And then you take a look at, uh, you know, the the, the, um, numbers that came out from the Department of Commerce this week on GDP. GDP was up 6.5% in the second quarter, which is a huge miss. It's a huge miss, Chris. Expectations were for 8.4% expansion, and it was a huge miss. When I saw that the other day, I thought, wow, the markets are going to react. No, the markets went up that day. Okay. (laughs) Go figure. There you go. It's, it's, you know, uh, again, you know, buy the rumor, sell the news, or, or in this case, reverse, right? So, So with the economy rebounding now, um, you know, it, it's still a bigger rebound than pre-pandemic levels, right? So, so what is all this playing out to meaning? Well, with a, with a miss on the GDP like this, it kind of proves that the inflation narrative isn't as substantive as, uh, excuse me, isn't as, as uh, uh, meaningful as if we had a massive GDP number, right? So it's showing, well, maybe the economy is not as hot not as strong, although it is very, very strong, but maybe it's not overheating where inflation can really become a persistent problem. So those two reports kind of came out together and and, uh, just sort of neutralized each other, and it was just sort of explained away that way, which is kind of an interesting scenario. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, we're looking at sort of a Goldilocks scenario, you know, where inflation and expansion is not too small, but it's not too hot and too big at the same time. It's kind of just right right now. The which Goldilocks. Is fantastic news. Yep, I've heard you say that one before. That's a good yep, one. it's Goldilocks inflation and GDP. Yeah. Uh, so you know, which is which is wonderful. And the the Senate the other day put forth a a, a they they passed to have a debate on the new uh, infrastructure bill, which is about one point two trillion dollars in size. There's still debate as to. Well, Where's some of this money going? Because about $550 billion is going to what we would call traditional infrastructure uh, build-out, transportation, utilities, uh, broadband, roads, bridges, things of that nature. The rest of it, uh, well, we'll get some things that are going on, mm-hmm. going on there. But anyway, that's good news because it's down from a handful of a trillion to 1.2 which is kind of interesting. The prior administration was wanting uh, their their infrastructure bill to be right at one trillion, and now this one's at one point two. So maybe some you know different different debating and stalling and things like that are bringing things more back in line with it all. But the bottom line here is, and and you know we got so much economic data this week because we are in the you know the throes of of corporate earnings, and that's the reason people buy stock. People buy stock based off the future anticipated earnings of a corporation. You have two companies, Company A and Company B. Company A says, things are great. We can't keep our inventory on the shelves. And Company B says, things aren't so good. You know, we're kind of worried about if we're going to get another customer or two, right? Which company do you want to buy stock in? Obviously, Company A. You know, so we're right in the middle of second quarter earnings right now. 
and we've had 296 companies so far in July report their f- second quarter earnings out of the S&P 500, out of the 500 companies, right? And and we have had 88.5% of them report earnings above analyst expectations, which is fantastic, right? It's very, very good. So, so earnings season is in the middle of, of its high gear right now. Over the next few weeks, we'll get, we'll get the, the, the other half of the uh, S&P 500 companies reporting, and they're continue, they're, the expectations are continuing uh, you know, onward and upward trajectory. So, so things look good. Things look good for a second-half strong um, uh, uh, economy. So how does this relate? What does this mean? What is this? What is this? You know, trees don't grow to the seal to the sky, do they? Trees do not grow to the sky, Chris. And so, what does this mean when we have such good news all the time? Well, at some point, you know, we have to go back. And we have to take a look at reality of what does this mean uh, for your investments, for your college funding program, your retirement accounts, your income distribution programs, all different scenarios, right? And so, so when you see the, the markets uh, pushing up, you, you, you start looking at what we would call um, earnings expectations, P.E. ratios, right? And we all know that the price-to-earnings ratio or the P.E. ratio right now is a little high because of the anticipation of this recovery continuing. And it most likely, you know, probably will continue, right? Uh, but at the same time, we have to take a look at how do we measure the, the strength and the continuity, if you will, of, of a, a continued expansion. So, so when you see corporations, you know, just take a couple years ago, corporation would report their earnings and they'd say, yeah, here's our number. Whether you hit, made it, or exceeded it, it doesn't matter in, in this part. But, but they would say, you know, our expectations going forward are, are uh, well, they're, 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 they're not as uh, uh, strong. Okay, and so then expectations would be lowered going forward, right? And but now what we're hearing is expectations going forward are incredibly bright. They look very, very good. So expectations are being raised all the time right now when it comes to corporate earnings. You take a look at the remember, we're, we're rebounding out of the, the worst recession and the shortest recession we've ever had, which is the COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're rebounding from almost zero to way, way up right now. And so expectations are very high. And when you take a look at high expectations, at some point, corporations are going to have to say, hey, you know what? We, we can't meet that bar next quarter because things are coming back to reality. And I'm saying this because be aware of this. This is coming down the road. And I don't want to be a wet blanket here, but I'm just saying at some point, whether it's whether it's November of this year or April of next year or October of the following year, whatever it is, at some point down the road, we're going to see things revert back to the mean and the economy get back to its normal expansion, normal pace, instead of some of these lofty levels of corporate earnings quarter over quarter that we're having. Case in point. We've talked before about product diversification. We've talked about mutual funds and individual stocks and ETFs and ETNs and UITs and all different types of products inside your investment portfolio, right? So let's take a look at maybe an ETF as an example. And this past week is a perfect example 
of having a product diversifier in your portfolio. The typical ETF, let's say, buys the S&P 500 in a market cap weight ETF. What that means is that the, the largest companies in the S&P 500 have the majority of share in that ETF. So it's market cap weighted, right? Like Apple, one of the biggest companies in the world, right, has most of the assets inside of it versus the company who's number 499 or number 500 in the list of S&P 500 companies. That's a market weight ETF versus a, a equal weight ETF. And this is, this is what we saw this week in the economy with big tech reporting. The S&P was actually down this week 0.4 of 1%. The S&P 500 market cap weight index was down 0.4, whereas the equal weight index was up 0.6. And what that says is that the largest companies in the S&P 500 this week pulled back a little bit whereas the other three 400 companies actually advanced. So just simply by having a product, an ETF of having two, they're, they're owning the same stocks, but they're weighted differently in the index. And that's a very interesting thing that we saw. This We haven't seen this in a long time. And I know I'm getting in the weeds here, and I don't mean to, but my point is this, is understand what you own, know what you own, know the reasons why you own them. And from time to time, based off of corporate earnings, market expansions, you may need to shift to equal weight or, or, or whatever, or even what, what we would call smart beta ETFs, where some ETFs are driven by momentum or value or earnings or income, different things like that. There's different products in different times. So it's important not to just go out and just buy the, the, the flavor of the week, but understand what you're buying and the parameters in which they can be ut utilized. So, hey, anyway, Chris, let's open up the phone lines here. Enough about the markets and the economy. We want to turn the attention to you, the listeners out there, to answer any of your financial planning or investment questions. It's Saturday morning, which I love because it's open mic Saturday, no holes barred. Whatever questions you have in your mind today regarding your investment accounts, your 401ks, the government TSP, buying a property, selling a property, managing your investment accounts, whatever it is, give us a ring, estate planning, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, that's 855-767-3123, you're listening to Making Money Sense, I'm Larry Rosenthal, we'll be back in a moment. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Counting the days before the over-the-edge event to support orphaned and abandoned children in Haiti. You can join Larry Rosenthal as he repels 14 stories down the side of the Hyatt Regency Tyson's Corner Center in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, on Saturday, August 28th. Or you can support Larry and his courage by financially supporting his adventure. All donations raised go directly to the charity Helping Haitian Angels. To donate and to learn more, 
Go to helpinghaitianangels.org or call 703-298-5672. That's helpinghaitianangels.org or call 703-298-5672. Help reach Haiti's most vulnerable children with your gift. Go to helpinghaitianangels.org or call 703-298-5672. This event is personal to the host, Larry Rosenthal, and represents his philanthropic interests. And here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. We've all heard the more risk you get, the more opportunity there is for growth in returns in your investments. However, can you have too much risk in your investments so that you get diminishing returns? You can only water ski behind one boat at a time. Make sure your risk-adjusted return is aligned with your investment objectives. on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is The Larry Rosenthal Show. Welcome back to The Larry Rosenthal Show, 855-767-3123. 855-ROSE-123 is the telephone number to call. For Larry Rosenthal, live right here in studio with us right now. Larry. Just a quick announcement, Chris. Coming up in September, we're going to be having some of our webinars again. Um, so uh, we actually are, are, are we were talking about some of the subjects the other day and, and decided, you know what? Shoot us off an email. Go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Shoot us off an email and send us some agenda items that you'd like to see in an upcoming webinar. We want to provide you with financial education. So shoot us off some topics, and we'll be more than happy to try and include them into the webinar. We're starting to build our webinar series out. So uh, get ready for it. It's going to be, we'll be making some announcements. It'll be up on our website pretty soon uh, as far as registration. There's no cost for these. These are educational in format. So stay tuned for some of those announcements coming up uh, next month for our webinar series that kicks off in September. Let's welcome Jennifer on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Jennifer. How are you today? Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you? Um, I just had a quick question. Um, I'm someone with no you know, investment portfolio, and my job also does not have a 401k, but I have managed to save, you know, a little bit of money in the bank. So I was wondering how best to um, invest and how I can, you know, put money into something that I could get a yield from later on or what accounts to open to and I'll put my money into Sure, Jennifer. It sounds like to me you, you, you get it. You understand, hey, somebody's not going to provide this for me. You've got to start making the means and saving yourself, so I like that. And what we have to do is sort of back into the answer of this, this question you posed, which is at some point down the road, you're either not going to be invited back to work or you're not going to want to go back to work, and you're going to roll into retirement, right? And at that point, yeah. that's when we have to take a look at your Social Security your savings and investments and make sure that they're delivering to you an adequate stream of income in a tax-efficient manner to produce, you know, your standard of living. So the best way to do this is to actually draw a line in the sand and say, hey, if I keep doing what I've been doing, where am I going to be down the road? And so what I want to do is I want to send you out our financial planning toolkit. 
okay? And that's going to help you address this situation, and it's going to help you. It's going to show you how to build out a financial plan and how much money you need to save, and then different investment strategies in order to do that to to receive an income at some point down the road. And we'll have someone give you a follow up call to help help sort of guide you with that. Is that okay? Yeah, that sounds great. All right, let me put you on hold, and Bob will get your contact information. We'll have someone send you out the financial toolkit, and we'll have someone give you a follow-up call. Appreciate the phone call. If you listen to Making Money Sense, give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's bring Frank on from Virginia. Good morning, Frank. How are you today? Hey, doing good, Larry. I've uh, got an easy question for you. I'm uh, in retirement. I'm 80, uh, good health, and uh, really in pretty good shape in retirement, but Here's the thing. I've been in cash for over a year, and I would like for you to tell us, tell us all, what what are the three or four major signs that we could expect a recession is coming? Nice, easy one for you this Saturday morning, Larry. There you go. Let me get my cup of coffee out here real quick. Okay, so the first thing that I would say is, is take a look at the conference board leading economic indicators, okay, and keep a close eye on them and study the past recessions to see what the leading economic in- – there's 10 of them – to see what the 10 basket of leading economic indicators do prior to us hitting a recession. And you'll see that they sort of start to peak and start to come down the mountainside, if you will, several months before a recessions actually – in our face okay but you know so that's one of the tools that i would take a look at the other one is i'd take a look at the 10-year note the 10-year treasury note which is trading right around 1.2 1.3 percent uh as far as that as far as the yield on it goes traditionally when it gets up to about 3.4 to 4 percent money gets too tight in the system and we start to see the velocity of money slow down and things back up a little bit so those would be two major ones that we take a look at, as well as corporate earnings. If corporate earnings go negative for a quarter, okay, uh, it's time to back off a little bit. So those are three of the four that you're asking me to come up with off the top of my head, right? Uh, and right. then the, the other one would I would probably say take a look at the survey of the 60 Wall Street economists that comes out monthly to see how they all view the, the economy. And, of course, what the Fed is saying, too. So those would be the economics behind what we would study to take a good look at whether or not the economy is expanding or contracting. Because remember, Frank, the economy only does two things. It either expands or it contracts. And what you're talking about is a contraction that rolls into a recession, not necessarily a slowdown where you see it contracting and then pick up steam again, right? That's where the Fed right. will come in and engineer more grease in the gears of the economy. So, so those would be the things that I would uh, say to take a look at. How's that sound? Could, could, that's, those are great. I'll, I'll be doing that. Let me. Can I ask you one quick follow-up question? Sure. I think uh, all the things that you told me are, are correct in the past, but I think our environment is really crazy from a financial point of view. And so the second question is, what is the bill that we're going to have to pay for all this money that's been printed? Usually they say, oh, if they print the money, then eventually you're going to have to pay through inflation, and therefore that's going to screw the economy up. What, what, what do you think? What, when do we have to pay, and how are we going to have to pay for this crazy printing of these trillions of dollars 
Well, it is it, it is a lot, and as long as interest rates remain low, then the, then the servicing on the debt is not that cumbersome. When you take a look at the debt to GDP, well, I think we're at 103%, but when you take a look at debt service to GDP, we're less than 2%, and that seems to be what people are eyeing these days, and, and for a long, long time, okay? Actually, since post-World War II, that's what they've been eyeing. So, so from that pers- perspective, you know, when, when we take a look at, at interest rates, um, that's really the, the, the key thing. We do know one thing for sure, okay, Frank, and I can guarantee this, all right, that over the next 35 years of our life, taxes are going to go up and down. That's what's going to happen. Taxes are going to go up and down. Congress is going to cut and expand at different times. Some of that money is going to go to debt reduction. Some of it's not, okay? Uh, so it, it all plays into a role like that. And as far as inflationary pressures going to relieve debt, I don't do the math on that. I don't see the math happening that way, not at all. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Larry. I really appreciate it. You do a great job. It's not only a service, but it's a great ministry. Thank you. Well, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you very much. You listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. Let's welcome Ken on the line from Texas. Good morning, Ken. How are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm well. How can I help you, sir? Well, uh, I, uh, I purchased... Uh, an HVAC system, and uh, it came with um, uh, solar panels. And the thing is, is the company that financed it, they uh, put a lien on my on my mortgage. Now, if they, if they put that lien on my mortgage, does it make sense for me to keep making my monthly payments? Yes. Because if I, if I sell, I mean, if I sell the house, if I sell the house, then they're still going to take their money right off the top. That's correct. You basically put, it sounds like to me, you put your equity in your home up for collateral uh, for them to put install the uh, program. So, okay. yes, yes, I would still continue to make your monthly payment. If not, then they could act on that lien that you put on your home. Okay, now you might be able to contact a mortgage broker and ask them for a refi cash out in order to refi your property and pay off this debt. Either way, the money's still going to come from your house, but that way you won't have this third party with a lien on your house. Okay. All right. I was just, I was just kind of, I'm just, just kind of made me angry, and I'm just getting madder and madder about the whole thing because I didn't appreciate what they did. But all right, then I'll just. I'll just uh, continue to make those payments. Yes, sir. Okay. Appreciate but, uh, the phone call. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Uh huh. God bless. Take care. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring, 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. With any of your financial planning or investment questions at all, we're going to take a quick break here. We got some callers on the line, but we got to take a quick break. We'll be back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. Listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855 Rose 123. That's 855 767 3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Here's another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. 
Proper financial planning starts with a firm foundation. Don't jump up to the third rung of the ladder when you're trying to climb to the top of the roof. Make sure your insurance is aligned properly. Make sure you have the right types of homeowners, auto, umbrella, disability, long-term care, life insurance, just to name a few. Financial planning starts with a firm foundation, and that foundation is your insurance. Then take a look at your cash flow. Are you able to save money? Save it in the proper places. Retirement planning, traditional IRAs, traditional 401k plans, Roth IRAs. Make sure that the dollars are actually working for you towards your investment objectives. On Saturday, August 28th, Larry Rosenthal will be part of the Over the Edge event at the Hyatt Regency in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, to help raise money for orphaned and abandoned children in Haiti. All donations will go directly to the charity Helping Haitian Angels. There are a couple of different ways that you can get involved. You can join Larry as he repels 14 stories down the side of the Hyatt Regency in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Not your style? Then you can support Larry's effort financially with a donation to Helping Haitian Angels. Learn more at helpinghaitianangels.org. That's helpinghaitianangels.org. This has been his personal little host, Larry Rosenthal, and represents his philanthropic interests. Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. 855-767-3123. You can call right now to get a hold of Larry Rosenthal. We've got a few calls online, but some lines available for you to call in right now. Larry? Sure, Chris. Got a lot to cover today, but I want to get to all these calls, too. Let's welcome Marsha on the line from the district. Good morning, Marsha. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. How can I help you today? I have a question. I got a letter from, I guess it was IRS, stating about the stimulus and how the money is, com- where the money is coming from, if I understand it correctly. It's coming from your earned income credit. Okay. So I'm trying to see, because um, I like a nice little refund, and you know, every year. So if they're taking a portion how much, I mean, how does that work? I'm just trying to understand. No, it sounds like to me that the st- that any stimulus that somebody gets comes based off of their earned income credit on how much they're putting into Social Security. It has nothing to do with your tax refund at all. So the, whatever the... They just okay. came up with a formula just to say, hey, this is the way we decided to, to pay it out. And, right. you know, somebody makes $80,000 a year, they put in... They pay so much into Social Security. Somebody who makes $42,000 a year, they put in a little bit less into Social Security, so they'll get less of a stimulus type of a check. But this has nothing to do with any of your tax payments each year and and or refunds or payments that you have to make up in April. Yeah, because I'm like, how do do y'all know how much you get, I mean, other than the past year? But that's nothing nothing to do with this this year. So I was I don't want to be shortchanged and you're trying to prepare to pay whatever or whatever you're looking forward to and say, oh, that's where that came from. Well, I just wanted to know how to okay. pay it all. But thank you so much. You're welcome. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Like us and follow us on Facebook. You know, our newsletter comes out. We, we send out a weekly market commentary. 
Uh, we're, we're actually starting to crank that up this coming week, so you can get that free of charge. It just gives you a synopsis of what happens this past week in the markets, takes a look at the economy, and, and you know, we're trying to see down the road and around the corner a little bit, if you will, Chris, you know, uh, as far as uh, what's going on in the markets and the economy. So, you know, so, so check speaking it out. of that, uh, down the road and around the corner, we see you've got a little bit of a something on your shoulder there on LarryRosenthal.tv. How's that going to figure into your, you know, over-the-edge event coming up? Just to My repelling. Well, we're yeah. going to repel. Uh, yeah, I uh, kind of had a bicycle wreck the other day and <laughs> broke my arm. So we'll figure it all out. That's for sure. That's for sure. You know, I, I've, I've been assured that uh, I can still repel. Oh, okay. The, the way That's they good. have it. We're not re- professional repellers. We're sort of, uh, you know. Hanging over. Assisted. So, assisted. Yes, yeah. we're definitely assisted. Not like what you did when you were a ranger, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, right. So, hey, you know, so let's talk a little a little bit about some attitudes here and, and sort of boil attitudes down into financial planning, risk management, and stuff like that. And, and um, uh, you know, what is our attitude when it comes to money? In Revelation 3, 3.17, it says, uh, Because you say I am rich and I have become wealthy, and I have need of nothing, uh, and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. In First Timothy chapter six verse ten, uh, the Bible says, "For the love of money is a root of all sorts of evil, and some longing for it have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs." So I want to pose this question because the question was, you know, have I saved enough money? Right? Do I have enough in my nest egg to live off of in retirement? Have I saved enough to do what I want to do in life? I think the question needs to be rephrased, and the question needs to go something along the lines of, am I managing my money in a way that's improving my life, that's enriching the relationships that I have in my life? What is it about? Is it about the biggest barn? Is it about the most toys? Well, that's what man would say in man's economy. But the Lord's saying, no, 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 no. You know, Deuteronomy 8.18, God gives us the ability to create wealth, the ability to go out and to make money and to buy assets and to do things. But how are we using them to further his message, right, to further the gospel message around the world? Start thinking about these types of things. Let's get freedom of money. Let's get financial freedom by understanding it's not ours, but our role. What is our role? Our role is stewardship principles with these dollars. And that's one of the things that we have to really start taking a look at. So when we're building our financial plans, start to think about this question. Right? And, 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 and this, comes, this comes also from, you know, many, many years, many, many years few decades now it is, of, of working with people all across the country in their financial planning. And it's interesting to see the different attitudes and the different ways people look at their personal financial plans, okay? And, and some people are like, you know, Larry, I, I want to get out of the rat race as soon as I possibly can and take the stress off of my life. And I'm willing to go sell screwdrivers at the hardware store Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning to supplement my income. And other people are working well into their retirement years and can financially afford to retire, but yet they choose not to for different reasons. And my point is this. When you're working with your financial advisor, okay, and, 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 and you should be talking to him or her. And if this conversation doesn't come up about what you're trying to get out of life with the assets you have, then perhaps that financial plan is geared just towards the calculator of things. 
And that's not necessarily the best thing to do, okay? I was just speaking with a client of mine the other day, and we were talking about, she was asking about, should I pay my house off? And we were talking about the pros and cons of doing that, and we had two, co two conversations about it. We had one that the calculator ran the entire conversation, and then we had another part of the conversation where it was just them talking about, this is one of our desires, yes or no, okay? If we decide to do it, will we still be able to have the financial freedom in retirement? Because we're talking about a sum of money to go inside wood, bricks, mortar, and steel. But yet at the same time, that was one of their choices that they wanted to make in their lifestyle. So my point is you can't only let the calculator drive your financial plan, your financial decisions, right? That's not what this is all about. Because what good is it when you're 94 years old and you have a pile of money, but you look back and you go, I should have gone to the beach. You know what I mean? And and yeah. and yeah and and so now that's an over exaggeration but my, but check it out go to my website LarryRosenthal.com and on the first page first of all I have to apologize we've had some some uh, tech issues with our website uh, the last last week or so they're working on them uh, in a large way we're not too happy about it but they are working on them so you'll see some coding and stuff on the front page there and that should be fixed. Uh, any day now. I didn't check it this morning, but but go to the website, LarryRosenthal.com, and on the front page, scroll down a little bit, you'll see a big video right there that demonstrates the importance of putting your personal aspirations and your money situation into a comprehensive financial plan so that you're getting what I would call the best use of your assets for your life out of money with what you have. That's the important part of this whole thing. That's why we do this. That's why people make investments. Don't get carried away into the shiny new object uh, you know, of, of, oh, I got to have this, that, and the other, because that's not what life is about when it comes to this. You know, what's your first memory of money, right? But how do you, how do you manage it? What, what, what would you do if you had more money, right? You know, just different questions like this. What's important to you about money? What's important to you about retirement? What's important to you about teaching your kids, grandkids about money, about how it all works, who owns it, and, and the right things to do with it and things like that. So these are important things that go into a discussion in your financial plan. And by the way, one of the biggest blind spots in a financial plan, Chris, I know I'm going off on a little bit of a financial planning tangent here, but but hey, this is what we do, right? Mm -hmm. You know, one, one of the most important overlooked blind spots is the lack of follow-up. I see people all the time. Well, Larry, in, in 2014, I sat down with somebody and we did a financial plan, but we haven't looked at it since then. Oops. <laughs> you know, not, not at all. Not at all. So, so, you know, if you want to take a second look at your financial plan, give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. We'll show you how to develop one. As a matter of fact, the starting point for a properly structured financial plan is our financial planning toolkit. We can email it out to you electronically. You can fill it out. It'll give you the baseline, and it'll address the question of, if I keep doing what I've been doing, where will I be down the road? And if you like it, wonderful. If not, then it's going to give you some options and, and alternatives to sort of correct the course that you may be on right now. Because 
you know, we, we want to retire one time correctly. We don't want to have to retire multiple times because we make mistakes when it comes to all of this. So, hey, Chris, I see we got to take a quick break. We're going to come sure back thing. with some products. We're going to take a look at breaking down different types of annuities today. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Listen to Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. We'll be back in a moment. listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. another Money Minute with Larry Rosenthal. So many different ways to invest money. Lump sum deposits, buy and hold, market timing. How about dollar cost averaging? Put the same amount of money into the same investment at every interval, whether it's monthly, quarterly, annually, whatever it may be. This gives you the greatest opportunity to get the average price over the long term of the investment because one of the secrets to creating wealth is the acquisition of shares. You want to keep buying more and more shares over time. On the flip side, when you're in your retirement years and you want to distribute dollars to yourself for income, do the same thing in reverse. Dollar cost average out during your retirement years. On Saturday, August 28th, Larry Rosenthal will be part of the Over the Edge event at the Hyatt Regency in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, to help raise money for orphaned and abandoned children in Haiti. All donations will go directly to the charity Helping Haitian Angels. There are a couple of different ways that you can get involved. You can join Larry as he repels 14 stories down the side of the Hyatt Regency in Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Not your style? Then you can support Larry's effort financially with a donation to Helping Haitian Angels. Learn more at helpinghaitianangels.org. That's helpinghaitianangels.org. This event is personal to the host, Larry Rosenthal, and represents his philanthropic interests. Delivering sound financial advice you can depend on. You found the Larry Rosenthal Show. Call now with your questions, 855-767-3123, or stop by LarryRosenthal.com. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. Glad to have you back. We've got some lines available for you if you'd like to dial in. Again, 855-767-3123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal live here in studio today. Larry? Sure. Let's welcome Phil on the line from Virginia. Good morning, Phil. How are you? Um, I'm doing well. Thank you. Um, I have a question. I have a a rental house that I'm selling in Florida. It's going to close on the 3rd of August. I don't know if I should do a 1031 like-kind property exchange or put the money into the corporation. It's an S corporation. Um, And if I do, will that be taxed? I'm trying to (laughs) keep my taxes low. And as a side note, I really want to thank you for that book you recommended halftime. That's it's been a it's been a great blessing to me. Good, good. It's a good book, that's for sure. So, you know, by putting the money by doing a starker exchange, ten thirty one uh, you're basically just saying, hey, look, I'm going to just do and do this again, just with a different property. You, you exchange the profits into a like property. 
And the IRS says, all right, we'll defer these capital gains until one day you stop doing this like type of property. And that will enable you to not pay capital gains now, but you're still going to be a landlord of some sort in another type of rental property. On the other hand, if you say, hey, I'm exiting this, I want to get out, putting it into an S-Corp is not a like property, therefore you will realize your gains as far as that goes. Okay. Um, now, the S-Corp could own a property, uh, but, but now we're getting into the weeds, and so there we need to bring in a CPA who's a specialist in uh, Starker exchanges when it comes to that. Okay, Phil? Um, okay. So I would, take a, I would take a look into that uh, before you make that decision to see what you want to do. But either way, you're going to – in order to uh, – let me just sort of think this through here. But either way, in order to uh, not pay the gains, you've got to do the 1031 exchange, right? Uh, so you're going to end up with another property, whether it's in an S-Corp or in your name or whatever it may be. And, and that's the big question you have to ask. Is it time to exit this? You know, sometimes people just say, I'm just done with rental properties, and sometimes they say, I'm not done with them when it comes to it. So, Well, there, there's, other, uh, there's two other properties involved in this corporation, and um, the, the debt that we're carrying is about 78000 and the profit we're making is two hundred fifty-five thousand. Um, I don't. Um, I'm just trying to <laughs> do the best thing I can. I, I'm, I always like rental properties, but they're harder well, to the, find. Yeah, there's. <laughs> they are harder to find because the prices have pushed up so much. But there's nothing wrong with rental properties as an asset class. That's for sure. Okay. But, you know, we're getting into the weeds on taxes. I don't know cost basis. I don't know depreciation and recapture and all that stuff on your taxes that you've carried all these years. So I'm just going to have to say, you know, I would, I would engage a CPA at this particular point. You know, if you don't, if you don't have one, I can refer some to you uh, in your area. That's not a problem. I see where you're calling from. Uh, we, we, we can do that as well. So uh, I, I would say this, though, before you make your decision, Let's sit down and take a look at the numbers and get a real accurate number on on them, and then that'll help push your decision forward. How's that sound? Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I I have a CPA I've been working with. Um, actually, he wasn't really up on the ten thirty one. So, and I believe I only have I called them in um, in Florida, the the holding company, and they said I had um, forty five days to make a decision. That's what's bothering me. Yes. Um, so if I have 45 days to make to, to find another like kind property, um, what if I don't find it? <laughs> then so, I get yeah, so so I would just defer this part of the conversation to a CPA firm that can handle these questions for you, because if you're not satisfied with your with your current CPA answering these questions, mm -hmm. then I'll put you on hold and I'll have someone reach out to you next week with a firm that I know that can handle these questions for you. OK. Oh, gosh. That would be fantastic. Yep. Let All me right. do that, Phil. I'll put you on hold. Bob will get your information, and we'll have someone give you a call with a CPA referral that I know can handle this for you, okay? Okay. Yep. Appreciate, Appreciate the phone call. Absolutely. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring, 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. We talked earlier in the in this show, Chris, about wanting to break down the different types of annuities today. And and there's there's boy I've got so much to talk about on my my agenda today we're not going to get we need another hour talk actually. faster Larry come on 
There you go. We need another hour or so, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, we've got three types of annuities that are floating around out there. And, and you talk to one advisor about, you know, one financial advisor about annuities, and he or she absolutely loves them. You talk to another one, and he or she absolutely hates them. And then you've got some in the middle, right? And so what is the purpose of an annuity? Uh, what, the purpose of an annuity is to provide, at a minimum, a guaranteed stream of lifetime income, right? And so you've got three types of annuities. You've got a fixed annuity, which gives you sort of a rate of return of, a, of about of a bank CD. You've got what's called an indexed annuity, where you get kind of a fixed return and it's indexed a little bit to a market like an S&P or AFI or NASDAQ or something like that. Historically, they average four, five, maybe six percent long term if you're lucky. Uh, then there's a variable type of an annuity where the money goes up and down based off the market because it's in sub accounts that act kind of like mutual funds. And so those types of annuities there, um, there, there's three different ones. The primary purpose is they all have tax deferred growth for you. And they will give somewhat of a minimum guarantee type of an income for, for life. That's the purpose of them. They all have different fee structures. Some of them don't. Some of them have large fees. But the big thing that, that people need to be aware of in annuities these days is what we call income riders, death benefit income, death benefit refund riders, and spousal benefits attached to IRAs on annuities. So think about this for a second. There's annuities that have a minimum guaranteed growth on future income, regardless of what the market does, those are called income-protected riders. For example, Chris, you might have $100,000 placed into an annuity, and maybe the market goes down 5%. Now I'm excluding fees and things like that in this, ex in this, sam in this example. So now you have maybe $95,000 sitting inside the investment account inside the annuity. But your income-protected base might be worth 105000 because you have a guaranteed growth on future income protection of 5% every year, right? That doesn't sound too bad, does it? Next year, if the market does zero, you still got 95000 sitting in there, but now you've got 110000 protected income base. There's also annuities out there that have what's called a death benefit refund rider, where you put the money in. Let's suppose somebody decides to put in $500,000 into an annuity and take an immediate income off of it. Maybe they're going to pull out, I don't know, just to do math easy, 4% a year, which is $20,000 a year. So they pull out 20000 20000 20000 They do it for five years. They should have, you know, uh, for, pretend the market doesn't earn anything. Forget the fees for a second. They should have $400,000 left, right? Well, if that person were to pass away, that annuity product then could return back to them $500,000. So, so there's different benefits inside these annuities. Now, there's fees involved with them, and that's where you have to weigh the difference between is this worth having an extra fee versus not. But it depends on if you want the protection from an inheritance standpoint, maybe to your spouse or kids or even grandkids, or guaranteed income for your spouse. You know, Think about this. In a traditional investment account, you cannot – attach your spouse as an income beneficiary, you have to roll the account over, but in an annuity, you can do that. So there's pros and, as I've always mentioned for years, for decades on this show, Chris, there's, there's pros and cons to different types of investment vehicles out there, and annuities are no different.
Annuities are no different. But, but understand what I want to teach today is annuities have a, a, a purpose, and that is a minimum, at some level, a minimum guaranteed rate of, of, of income for you and your spouse, possibly, for, for life. So, so that's the primary investment objective of them. You have three choices, fixed, indexed, and variable annuities. Okay, and do your math, do your research and your homework on these. You should be shopping these. If you're looking to get an annuity, then you should shop these. You know, and again, as I mentioned, there are advisors out there that love them, advisors that hate them, and advisors that understand and from time to time use them when it is appropriate. Okay, that's the camp that our office is in anyway, that from time to time we have clients purchase them because it's a specific need that they want to try to accomplish when it comes to all of that. So, so not, not sitting here saying, oh, everybody needs one because that's not the case at all, okay? Not, not by any means at all. We believe in product diversification, and that's what you should be looking at. Don't just buy only mutual funds. Don't just buy only ETFs. There's all different types of vehicles out there uh, as, as far as all that goes. So, hey, let's welcome Eric on the line from Nevada. Good morning, Eric. How are you? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me, Eric? Yes, sir, I can. How are you today? How can I help you, sir? I'm doing good. I am um, I'm a truck driver. Okay, and this is the first time I'm making any kind of really substantial income. I'm just now I'm beginning. I'm pulling in almost six figures a year now. Is what'll be happening. Good I just started you. a couple months ago. I own my own truck now. Good for you. And so, yeah, thank you. Uh, I am trying to think of a way to invest my money so it'll have some kind of return. Because I'm kind of older. I'm getting 54. I only have so many years left. I figure 10, 15, maybe tops. But I want to have something to where I can have some kind of investment to where I can come back when I when I decide to retire. Are you, you self-employed, so Eric, or are you do yes, you work sir. for a company? You're self-employed. Yes, sir. Okay, so you can open up what's called a SEP, S-E-P, which is a Simplified Employee Pension Plan. In other words, it's kind of like a super IRA. You can put away as well. I hope you're not driving now. Okay. No, no, I pulled over. <laughs> That's fine. But we, we can send you out this information, Eric. That's not a problem. Don't worry about it, okay? okay. We'll okay. send it out to you. Don't you. Have to write so it down? You don't have to. So you can open up a SEP, an SCP plan, which enables you to put away money up to like fifty-four, fifty-six thousand dollars $56,000 and write it off on your taxes. Now, you don't have to put all that money in. But in other words, if, if let's suppose you make an even $100,000, and you want to put in $10,000 towards savings, now this year you're only going to be taxed on 90000 so you get a tax savings. This 10000 goes into this investment vehicle, and it grows at the rate of the markets that you select, the investments you select inside of it, and, and it's all tax-deferred. Now, you pay taxes when you come out in retirement. Hopefully, you, you, know, you might be in a lower tax bracket. That's the idea. Or you can also put money into a Roth IRA which will allow the money right. to come out tax-free down the road, providing it stays there for five years or to 59 and a half, whichever is longer. So you have all kinds of options right now. So the first thing that we need to do is sort of, just like I was talking about earlier, Eric, is draw a line in the sand and say, where are you now? Where do you want to be down the road? What are your assets, your liabilities today? What's it cost to live today? And then take a look at how to invest from there and start a monthly savings program automatically for you. So I'm going to send you out our financial planning toolkit. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you to put on, be put on hold. Bob will get your contact information, okay? 
and then we'll send you out our toolkit, and that's going to really start you down the road of taking a look at all of these investment vehicles and building out a financial plan for the next 10 years or so. All right? Yes, yes, that would help so much because I absolutely. You know, well, I, I don't, yeah, I, I don't have enough put away at all. I have nothing. Well, know, we're gonna help. We're gonna help you get there. Okay, let me put you on hold here. I've got to get, got to close out the show here. I got about forty-five seconds left. I'll put you on hold. Bob will get your contact information, and we'll get this information out to you. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense. Go to our website, LarryRosenthal.com, during the week. Check it out. In the next couple of weeks, we'll be making our announcements for our upcoming webinar series in September, October, November, and December this year. You can sign up. It's free at our website. So stay tuned for all of that. So for Bob in the back. And Chris McKay, wonderful job. Thank you very much. We'll be back next week with another session of the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense.